Hello and welcome to the Layers Podcast. I'm your host, Tayo, and I'm so happy to have you join us today. The heart behind the Layers Network and podcast is to see people grow. So each conversation we have is designed to have something in there just for you. And I hope that that very thing that you take away equips and empowers you to broaden your thinking, your network, and your personal influence. So whether you're at home, in the car, or on your daily commute, relax and enjoy the conversation. I'm so excited to have my friend with us, Joyce, or should I say Dr. Joyce? (laughs) Joyce has been journaling her experience online as a first-year doctor navigating the current climate of COVID, race, and having really insightful conversations about mental health. So if you want to check it out, it's called Signed Dr. J. Hi, Joyce. Hi. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy to have you here. How do you... I'm so excited. Me too. I feel like we really get to chat, but now yeah. I'm I'm excited. So I wanted to find out why did you start journaling? Like what inspired the account? Okay, so first of all, journaling in 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 like just I've always wanted to. I've always been like, you know, I need to write things down. I need to be able to, because I have friends that like have always written all their thoughts and they have accounts of everything, but I've never been able to get myself to do it. Like I've never been able to like come back home, open a book and write things down. But what was interesting is as soon as I started, this COVID thing started and all the confusion, I just started writing things down in my phone. So I was just like, you know, I'm just going to write my thoughts down in my Mm. phone. And then as the days went by, I was like, ah, Something would happen and I'll be like, you know, I just need to put that down. Something will happen there. And it just, because you know what, mm-hmm. most times there's no, there are no friends, apart from talking on the phone yeah. to your friends after yeah. a long shift, you, there was no one to really speak to like that, you know, through the day. Mm-hmm. So I was like, every time I had a feeling or a thought, I felt anxious about something, I found it more comfortable to just put it out there. And sometimes, and yeah, so I, so I was just, I started off just putting it in my notes yeah. and then, yeah. and then I then like started talking to some of my friends in hospital and mm. I realized that we're going through like similar things in terms of just what that experience of being in ICU and in such a different environment to what we're used to working in. And so I was just like, you know what? I spoke to my friends and I was like, I'm thinking of almost creating it because I had it in my notes, but actually for me, it will be nice to kind of just put my thoughts in a creative way where I can also mm. kind of read through it later. Yeah. And also yeah. if there are any other medical students or any other doctors or mostly my friends in hospital, like the three or four girls I had there, if they wanted to read it to see what I was going through as well, I think it would be helpful. So I was like, you know what? I'll keep it very private. Like only have like three friends follow it. So anyone that I initially knew of the idea of what I wanted to do and just start mm. putting things there and just make it look pretty really for myself, just because I wanted it to be look like a diary because yeah. I couldn't still get myself to come home and ta- like write. By the time I got home, I was exhausted. I didn't have time to mm. write anything down. So I was like, everything is so disorganized in my notes. Let's try and make it a page. But yeah, so that's, that's where it started. And that's, and I'm really, really glad I've done it because I think now it's it was helpful for my my mom to read through it or my sister or oh, the nice. friends that you know sometimes you don't want to go through the same thing over again but they can, they can yeah. now understand that that wasn't easy there or like oh my god i can't so believe that weird. happened you know it's more rather than going through the same story and almost triggering yourself every time it was nice yeah. to kind of put it there and when people want to read through it or if you want to know what it felt like you can you can kind of like go through that process again yeah. but yeah so it's nice that's very cool what you just said because now as you were speaking i was just thinking it might even be worth people who either go to therapy or something you don't want to repeat the same thing over and over again Mm -hmm. if you journal your thoughts chuck in like chuck it to like your family your friends and be like this is what's going on so when they say how are you it's not a vague i'm fine it's actually (laughs) here you go this is how i am exactly because i think during that time like if we were my parents were extremely stressed like everyone was stressed was, about yeah. what was going on and every time they called and they were like please don't go to work please say this please there's only so much explaining i can do so i can only like now i'm not even expressing myself in terms of 
how anxious I may be, I'm kind of trying to calm you down first (laughs) (laughs) so that you can be okay. And then when you're okay, I can then turn off the phone and then deal with my things. But I think actually me writing it down just made it, made it much more easy. Just get everything out there and not have such a heavy heart about the things I was seeing and stuff. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's very intense actually. Cause I think it's one thing to watch it on the TV. It's one thing mm. to read about it, but actually having someone in the ICU, in the hospitals being like, this mm-hmm. is what's happening. And you're a first year doctor. You only graduated exactly. last year. Yeah. It hasn't even been up to like my graduation date yet. Like I graduated July, end of July. Wow. So I, I hasn't even been a proper, it's going to be a proper year of me being a doctor, August 4th. So I start my second year. Like, so it's scary. It's like, we're not even like what, six, seven months in and you're telling us we're being deployed and it's, it's, it's very intense. Like I was yeah. reading through your posts, but mm-hmm. actually before I even go into what I was about to say, are you naturally a vulnerable person or was this like, this was a journey for you because it's, it is very heartfelt. It's not pretentious. It's just, this is, this is how I'm feeling. And uh, yeah. So I think with my friends, I ca- like, and my family, I've always been the person that is not scared of crying or, mm. you know, expressing myself in some way, but also don't want to stress everybody else about it. But usually I don't know. I feel like, I think when it comes to like, everyone else i'm it, it takes that's why i was like i had to make it private first just let it yeah. be exactly why i want it to be no pressure from anyone so no good. judgments from anyone else mm-hmm. like i'm literally just i literally just copied and pasted that's why some of the words are not like it's not written like a story yeah it's just written like i still so how i typed when i was by myself on the train because mm-hmm. i was just like i'm gonna put my raw thoughts out there i mean we moved some friends names for everybody's privacy while i spoke to this person or whatever mm-hmm. but like I, I, it, it definitely was a journey to be like, okay, it's okay. Like, there's no yeah. one watching me right now. Just put it out there. Now, once it was out, and I've read through it, like I've looked through it. You know, when you're in your bed and you're like, oh, oh my god, I remember that. And now, like, you know what? I'm comfortable. Like, can yeah, people actually great. read this? Because actually, someone will read it and feel like, oh gosh, okay. Like, do, do you understand? They'll be able to yeah. take something from it. But in terms of being vulnerable, in terms of like my own personal space and my own like community, that's something that I've been happy like to you know I've been happy like in terms of expressing myself and things I'm happy with that but I've never really on a public level sometimes or putting it totally out there Mm. I think we all get into a spot where we're a bit uncomfortable we don't want to be judged or you know I don't want to be like uh, yeah I didn't so yeah it was it was definitely a process but I think because I I started this kind of like I'm literally just putting whatever I feel like if you don't like it please just move like it's not it's not for you it's (laughs) It's not for you just move on (laughs) it's actually for me right now to help my own (laughs) journey and then whatever and then hopefully people can learn something from it if they like it or something but actually it's an expressive way for myself yeah because I could have done it on my normal Instagram page but it's too much I I just wanted to make it about me you know yeah i completely get it yeah i really get it i love it i was going to say vulnerability is so important like say that again sorry i think vulnerability is like power it's so important especially in this time to just be able to like express yourselves because i think it's one thing me working in hospitals but i've had lots of friends were at home by themselves during this whole period Mm. and i think the more we talk about things and the more yeah we're able to express ourselves the more we see that we're not the only ones going through similar things so i think yeah absolutely i think vulnerability is something that i learned from one of my friends like and i would say it's like a quote-unquote new friendship but it's Mm. not it's not really i think we've been friends for like a year and a bit but i remember when i met her she was just so open about just life and everything and i I feel like, I don't know if it's a personal Tayo thing or it's a Mm -hmm. Tayo and Tayo is Nigerian thing where it's very uncomfortable just to express really deep emotions, how you're really feeling about something. Like it's very Mm -hmm. rare to be like, oh my gosh, I'm embarrassed because of X, Y, Z or like, but I feel like actually a relationship and seeing how she's been vulnerable actually changed me. And I actually feel like I'm actually mentally healthier. Exactly. You know. Yeah, from that friendship. I definitely agree. With that. I definitely agree. 
Um, so like I said, before we started recording, I was like, I've read through all your posts. And one thing that I was saying to my sister that I realized in your post as well, I was saying to my sister, it's so funny because everyone was like, oh, everything is closed but work. Why are we still going to work? This was like in March. And then everyone was like, okay, thank God my office is like, we can stay at home now. And it, it just yeah. felt like <laughs> in three weeks, we'll be back to normal in a month tops. And here yeah. we are almost four months later. I felt like there was no. a real calm before the storm. Yeah. Like you were in Lagos as well. So literally before I left for Lagos, so Lagos was my was in March. I don't even know what date that was, but that was before I left. Let's say the week before I left. I, I obviously had heard about coronavirus in Asia and things like that, but no one was really talking about it in my hospital. Nobody was really yeah. talking about it. Yeah. And this is where you, we need to be, you know, as humans sometimes, when you feel like something is not affecting you, you almost yeah. push it away. That's not my yeah. problem that's oh my god that's so sad for them but it's not my mm-hmm. problem mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. i went to nigeria and everything seemed fine five days three days in obviously you're watching cnn my dad doesn't watch anything apart from cnn and it's now you're not seeing global perspective you're like okay it's happening in china it's happening in the mm. in, it was more italy it was happening in italy the uk we have numbers coming up and i was still calm i was like still like it, there was nobody talking about anything in my hospital. It's okay. And then friends, now obviously friends that live in Nigeria would see me and they would be like, what are you doing here? There's <laughs> Corona. Are you bringing Corona to us? Joyce, you need to be careful. So I was like, okay, now like everyone's totally like, yeah. this is no a problem. Way. Even though it felt like it wasn't a problem in the UK just five days ago, like when I left, so I was like, fine. Okay. And then obviously leaving, my parents were so, my dad, my dad was like heartbroken. My dad, look, first of all, he loved the fact that he has the doctor. That's my doctor. That's my daughter. <laughs> he told me when he speaks funny, his neck is broken. I should investigate. I'm like, the only investigation <laughs> I can do is the same thing you can do on Google, but fine. But then he found himself literally like, I was, as I was going onto there, he, he always gets emotional to me as every time I leave Lagos, yeah, but he was so too. emotional. He almost felt like he was like, you know, I was, you know, he was just saying, you're going to war and there's nothing I can do. You're not listening to me. No one is taking me serious. She can't go back. Oh. You know, it's very dangerous. And at this point I was still thinking, it's not, yeah, it's still okay. it's not bad. So then there was a calm before the storm because then we got to hospital. They started talking about well, how we're a few days behind Italy, how Italy is the worst. And of course, you're still here thinking, no, Italy is different. They don't have the same health system as here. You, you want to give yourself ex- an excuse for yeah. why can happen to you absolutely and then within like two weeks of like preparations we had 8 a.m meetings every day this is how the hospital was changing through the whole like two weeks and then they then gave us timetable all right there's a new ic like it literally just came boom how many all the wards were covid i think they only mm-hmm. had like two covid negative wards which were the sur- surgical wards there was a new icu forming then it just Everything mm. almost like changed within like so you had two weeks of okay and then one week of like what is going yeah. on and we're in it like there's no turning back no turning and that back. was like yeah that was just new reality I wasn't a surgical FY one anymore I was <laughs> in ICU in new departments learning how to use ventilation machines and learning how to put in you know dip you know different different things I wouldn't have been doing anytime now but you then had lots of courses and stuff to to like Take help us out it. when we got there yeah. yeah but there was definitely this i think everybody felt as well i was like i'm going to the office office said we shouldn't come in then i'm stuck here and yeah. I, oh my god i want to go back to work and okay fine i'm okay being at home mm. and then now everybody's like don't let us come back to work like yeah we're okay working from home as long as we can see our friends <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's wild i it's so i think because it started off with people buying toilet roll and pasta and people kind of cussing them out and i feel like oh my gosh those were such simpler times and i really wasn't i really wasn't taking it that seriously and i feel like the turning point for me was i watched the news on a thursday and it said Mm -hmm. the death toll in the uk is 71 and yeah. on the Tuesday, it was like 1,100. I was like, no, I'm sorry. I, lit- I remember that day. I literally got up in the morning because I watch the news every morning, every evening. Yeah. I literally just got up, got dressed, <laughs> went to Tesco's, yeah. did all the shop I could shop from Tesco's, and I stopped at Sainsbury's. I, you really didn't know what was going to happen. I have no idea. Like, I can close or no? 
No, I couldn't find pasta either. I was, I was like, I can't find pasta. Everybody says you find pasta. I went to corner store. I saw pasta for three pounds. I was like, I can't do it. My mom was I can't like, do you this. You better get back there and buy all the pasta. My son is staying with you. You need to be able to feed him. And you know what? We bought the crappiest pasta that we haven't even eaten it because after three weeks of everyone buying everything in the store, there was so much food. <laughs> there was so much food. So I couldn't prepare as much as everyone else because obviously I was stuck in Nigeria as well. But like, I was like, hey, hopefully it should be okay. Hopefully it will be <laughs> This should be over soon. It should be over soon. Maybe one month or two. <laughs> everything oh. in this store. Okay, so now that everything is like it's gone full force, it's it feels I feel like April was the worst month for me mentally, yeah. and early May, and it it almost felt like even in maybe I'm being dramatic, but it almost felt like even in the atmosphere in 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 London, it just felt like yeah. something bad was just happening. It was just a lot of loss, a lot of grief, and yeah. I think for a lot of people, I have a lot of friends who didn't even have people that were personally close to them that were affected by COVID, but they were losing sleep. They were having heart palpitations. Mm -hmm. They were really mentally going through it. Where, what was the point for you that you were like, Oh my gosh, I just, I can't, this is a lot for me now. Look, I think, I think what this thing, this pandemic induced, you know, in general, I think in Nigerian community or just in our communities that, in like as a whole mm-hmm. we don't talk enough about mental health because you think of the extreme version of of mental health you know but like yeah. it's your know, anxieties the amount of anxiety and low mood that people went through during this time was crazy and i think for me my my thing in what i experienced mostly that i didn't in the past was being anxious okay now i would go to work literally i'll go to work every day i'll can i go to you Okay, yeah. So I'll go to work every day. Imagine me waking up. So I wake up in the morning, 5.45, get dressed, six. I need an hour in the morning. By seven o'clock, I'm out. Now I'm going to work where everyone is at home, where I know mm-hmm. everyone's stressed, where I feel like I'm getting myself in, I'm getting myself in um, a situation where that it could also affect it, yeah. Okay. Good. Sorry. And <laughs> so I myself in a position where I could affect my, um, I could bring in Corona and affect my brother that was literally like mm. staying in the house with me. There's so much pressure on my head, but also I'm getting on a two that is by myself. I'm trying to tell my, you know, every morning you're like, I'm trying to hype myself. I had to listen to gospel. That's the only thing I could put me through it. Cause I was like, yeah. I'm, I, I had to look in the Bible and, and look for verses. I didn't know there were so many verses that, were um fighting against being anxious and being mm, fearful mm. but like you'll be on the tube i'm totally by myself and i'm just there like praying like i'm going to be fine i'm going yeah. to be okay. i need to be less anxious just calm down a bit you're okay because the truth is that you go to work and you're thinking oh who's who's here today who are the patients here today who is not here today means somebody has died do you understand and it's only when i'm speaking it's only when i speak to the other people like we've been having like debrief like just speaking to each other that have been through it together we've gotten much more closer all of us being icu together but we sit Mm -hmm. down and we're like you don't understand that when we came to work every day not only do we have all these things of like i don't want to bring i need to be careful i don't want corona to come back to my house i need to make sure i wash my hands i'm really stressed my parents are worried my friends are Mm. worried Mm. i'm thinking are my patients okay was that man i saw yesterday okay did Mm. he make it through the night like you have that baggage coming in every day before you're not like okay he's okay oh no he's not do do you understand it was so much there was so much pressure there was so much like anxiety and the only thing that could help me was like listening to gospel music in the morning and just calming myself down and what's so interesting is that it doesn't matter if you were working in ICU or you were at home because at least in ICU I could go there and be like okay I can control something whatever you tell me to do I can do it and it should be okay you know I'm I'm trying to help out being at home you're almost like you cannot walk anywhere you can't do anything you switch on the news it's scary you You can't escape it 
yeah you get the death toll notification on your phone it's crazy like it's it's just i think it really induced a lot my brother like obviously he can share his own story but he would call me in the, in the morning he'll be like you know i panicked yesterday i i just mm. thought of corona and i panicked and and then i got to calm myself down but that's never happened to me and i was like look mm. if that happens to you again just come and wake me up because it's yeah what you're scared you have a little itch behind your throat and you think you have corona oh and yeah you, you know you so it's, it's, it was scary, but I think my main thing was it was going to work every day. That really made me quite like anxious. You know, it just made me, I had to learn how to just calm myself down, how to like just seek for God's peace and just be yeah. like, you'll be fine. Do fast, get back home, wash your body, <laughs> go to bed, start <laughs> again. But it, it was, it was definitely a lot. And I think, mm. um, and that's what I made sure I even wrote about. Like, there's a point where I knew I didn't have any. I was just typing things. Yeah. So it's not like I, because I, I don't want to trigger anyone as well in their own mm, if they were anxious about yeah. things. I don't want to sound negative. But I'm like, everyone's calling you hero, hero, and that's great, I guess. But nobody's trying to be a hero. Like, yeah, being a hero is not what anybody wants to do right now. <laughs> we're just trying to get by. <laughs> we're literally just trying to get by. We're trying to be safe. We're trying to do the, your job as much as you can and you're also trying to take care of your mental health as you do that because yeah. it's really it's really not easy and i think even now we're all going through some sort of like burnout stage because we've just yeah. i've just been working on crazy hours 12 hours 12 hours 12 hours maybe two breaks 12 mm-hmm. hours a game for the rest of the week and then we go on another timetable and now even coming back to just a normal nine to five and a few on calls here and there i just feel exhausted like yeah. every time i have a day off i just want to like sleep a bit but it's yeah it's nicer than before where you feel like you're going to our war you're just carrying your yeah <laughs> you know? yeah it feels like it was never ending well, our war boys like you're by yourself <laughs> <laughs> nobody else on this train going to war with you <laughs> oh i completely well i don't completely get it but i get it it just it it's very intense and i can imagine i can imagine that after this i think I think a lot of our health workers just need need a long break. Like they need time off. Yeah. And I don't know how they're going. I don't know how. And the truth is, I don't know how work. You know. Because, yeah, because it's not. It, it may not be corona. Corona may be easing off now, but then all the other conditions are coming up. All the waiting lists are mm. now around. The, there's no rest. There's really no oh rest. Continue. You take annual leaves. So I've taken annual leave today. <laughs> That's great. You just have to take your annual leave when you can take it. But apart from that, they can't create more time mm. for health professionals to have off. It's just business as usual. Business as usual. It's, it's important work. Um, one thing that I think is very clear as people journey through um, all your posts on Instagram is your. It, it. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels as though you've come through as you said, going to war with this kind of virus and navigating all these spaces that you've kind of found God as a protector and defender. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not just, oh, I have a relationship with God, but it's, oh, it seems like this is new territory for you in some way where it's like, oh, but he's actually my defender. He's actually my protector. Like, yeah. how is your faith really giving you peace this time? I think, like, I think it's been so important because, you know what, with my friends, we always as a friend in particular where I'm like, I just want to grow in my, I want to grow in my journey. And sometimes mm. you grow when you're going through the hardest thing or when you're stressed about yeah. exams. I was like, I wanted to be a 24 seven thing yeah. in general. But like literally this whole period, the only thing that could, the only thing that could actually calm me down was actually reading the Bible or to look for a verse or literally just Googling, mm-hmm. you know, verses about this and then yeah. reading do you understand that's the only thing that could calm me down and to be honest with you like i believed in god and i've always been had my faith and i've always wanted to grow but i think this also was also a push in terms of yeah, like it's a crushing the only person i can rely on like this is the only person that can actually protect me right now mm. as in not a new person it's not a person but do you understand this is the only yeah. thing that could actually protect me right now my parents are so far away from me my friends are around mm. with me everyone in hospital is trying to work there's only so much they can do for you the yeah. only thing that keep me sane that could keep me calm that could make me feel relaxed was actually just reading the word of God. i even got my new cute bible like i just to just reading the word word and just like just taking it in slowly like yeah that's the only thing that could help me through it but I'm, yeah i'm just 
you are. And I just want to continue to build that because I think sometimes what happens is that you you look for God when it's like stressful and then you almost yeah. forget. You're like, thank you. You've done your part now and you move. But like, nah, this is like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lifelong process. And But I'm growing in it. So I'm, I wouldn't say like, I think I'm just growing in my faith. I'm just trying yeah. to learn every day, you know, yeah. and how it's to day be better. And how to be more like him. Exactly. It's day by day. I think there's a song. It's called, um, I think it's by House Fires, and it's called Yes and Amen. And there's yeah. a, a line in the song where it goes, um, my confidence is your faithfulness. Mm-hmm. And I think when I've spiraled in this period, I've, I've often just thought, just count your blessings. Go back yeah. and just think about it because that keeps you on track like yeah. your, your confidence that and i'm sure that even after all this is over and there's mm-hmm. some kind of normality in life it would be i went through this journey and he was there with me i think those Literally. things you don't lose it's like the best relationships are born in the trenches yeah and when it's with god you don't really lose that because that's no. your companion through hard and good times yeah i totally i totally agree that's yeah. literally it well, I'm grateful to God. Thank you, Jesus. Like literally, there's no way. There's no way I would have like, nah, no way I would have made it. But yeah, yeah. you know, Bibles have been flying off the shelf. They were literally sold out. Uh, everyone's <laughs> <laughs> look at my my Bible is so cute. <laughs> a nice green Bible. Anyway, it's a nice green Bible. I actually bought the male version instead of the female version, but because it's green. Oh, I like that color. Oh my gosh, that's so nice. Send me the link. I'll send you the link. And this is He Reads Truth, but I was like, it's a Bible, doesn't matter. I like green. There's a yeah. Truth version, a female version. Um, but yeah, it has all the stories and it's good. Yeah. Actually, I, I was going to say another thing I noticed, but actually before I go into that, speaking on mental health. So we talk about mental health and I think one thing that, so another thing I noticed was actually, it feels like, I don't know if this is new for you as well, that you're more aware of like your emotions, mm. your moods, your he- your your mental health, of course. And then mm-hmm. it made me think there was a time I wasn't, I was sleeping at 6 a.m and waking up my normal time at like nine and mm. that is during the day my knee would start twitching my elbow would twitch or like mm. my ear would yep. twitch and I'm like what the hell is this so obviously you go on google you're like oh my gosh I have xyz but yeah it's were there any physical symptoms because I feel like people don't know that they're physical symptoms of stress yeah all that twitching and because uh, I used to have this thing where your eyes are twitching it's all yeah my eyelids would be yeah i mean i didn't personally i didn't have any physical symptoms during this time mm. um i think apart from maybe having a bit of like pop almost like your heart yeah. my heart felt a bit i could feel my heart beating obviously thank god it's beating but like i could feel the times that you could just feel it beating more than usual yeah um but apart from that i think you know the other things people can experience you can have really bad headaches there are lots of mm. things that could be associated with like anxiety in general i remember my mom actually told me she was like jojo like i've not been okay like the last couple of weeks since you've been working there like i've not been able to sleep because my heart is is beating so fast like it's just and i'm like she's not also someone that experienced like anxiety or anything before but like i don't know I i feel like it's so important for us to just educate ourselves and just be a bit more informed on things like depression and, and anxiety and even yeah, if absolutely lowest grade it still has an effect on you it'll still have a negative effect on you so yeah important we, we are just i think mental health is so important and i will, con- I will forever advocate for that <laughs> i think absolutely. because it changes you go from being such a confident person to being like you know what oh i get stressed but yes. i work well in stress you know like yes I guess this yes and deal with it no because there's a there's a moment where your those stresses or those extra mm-hmm. you know things you allow in can actually have a negative consequence on you and things start off slowly so you can be like i'm a bit i'm feeling a little bit low but it's only a little yeah if you don't take that little bit of low mood it can lead to something else and something else so i think you know it's it's important that we have like open conversations and even if you're not comfortable speaking to people around you therapy is so important like if you Mm. need to talk to someone else outside the circle like it just speak to someone or look for something that would help you get yeah. through those feelings don't just try and push it away that's where we get in trouble you know yeah i agree i i also think it's important to find 
find that one friend that you can yeah you can you can rely on and not rely on in the sense of this is your dumping ground but this is just someone that you can journey through life with and they know what's yeah. happening you know mm-hmm. i found that so helpful um i was going to say actually one of the things is having a strong support system and that is it's so important and it made me think a lot about people during this lockdown that either had just moved to london or yeah. you know are in a different place that they're not normally and i just thought it's important to allow ourselves to be inconvenienced because sometimes you actually think oh this is my colleague this is my friend they're seeming a bit weird recently but you don't want to have that uncomfortable conversation and maybe sometimes you're like i don't want to now sit and then they'll start crying and i don't know what to do and sometimes people go through all these motions but allow yourself yeah. to be inconvenienced because people yeah. people need you people do and i think that was one of the things from like one of my colleagues in like in hospital like she was away from her family her family were in birmingham her f- housemates had moved out so she was doing all these shifts but she was coming home by herself and luckily i have my brother he he actually yeah. has no idea he he has no idea how important like i tell him all the time like thank god you're here like yeah. how important it was for him to be here with me during all of this even though it was scary that i could be bringing something it's just having a support system is so important but also being able to identify where people may be Mm. You know, where you're like, I haven't spoken to this person in a long time. I think relationships, the way you have your relationships have changed yeah. because you can't see people that often. So I, you had to learn. I was like, even if I was coming back from shifts or whatever, I needed to make sure I called that friend. I called this person. I mm. picked up the phone because you need to, you know, you need to be, still be a friend and you still need to yeah. be able to look out for your people that mm. are around you. You can't, you may not be able to look out for the whole world or save everyone. But if yeah. you have one person that you're like, you know what? I'm, I just need to check on, in on her and make sure she's yeah. okay. I think that goes a long way. And if we all have a responsibility where it's just one person, one person, one person, yes. you see, think it will just level up somehow. But, I, you know, I I, yeah, I if, I, if I didn't identify that with my friend, I knew she was a wee. Like, you know, it wasn't definitely, it was not easy for her. Hmm. It wasn't easy for her. I agree with you. I'd actually like to add on to that. I think even with checking up on people. So I have like a to do, I have like a planner where I have my yeah. to do list for the day because I will forget. Yeah. <laughs> I will literally forget. And I actually write it down. I check up on this person. I actually write what it down. I check write, up on I write this down. Like, today is I'm talking to Simi tomorrow. I'm, you know, just to make yeah. sure that I don't forget you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So did you get all those cards from all the kids, by the way? Oh, that was for the the one the one you saw with the um, sister. Yeah. Yeah, so they actually made... And that was actually before the spike happened. Obviously, when the children were still in nursery school, they had made lots of cards for the ward. And so we were looking at them because we thought it was cute. Um, that was before we even thought it was going to be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like, these kids crazy have time for cards. <laughs> no, like... <laughs> so it was nice, yeah. Okay. Okay, so let's switch gears. And let's talk about race so i actually feel this whole thing was building up because i don't know if you remember at the beginning of the pandemic it was the french doctors they were like let's test a vaccine on on africans in in congo it's just like they're not your test puppies it was the high Mm -hmm. ethnic ethnic minority date uh date (laughs) deaths Mm -hmm. um and i think there's an article in the telegraph about how campaigners are manipulating the data to further victimhood and mm-hmm. then it just became even boris getting sick and being like we well, you know we're thankful to our immigrant doctors and on the screen it was a doctor i think from new zealand and portugal and there wasn't nothing necessarily wrong with that because they did their job and they were great at it but it yeah. was just in the background of all these ethnic minorities dying mm-hmm. and immigration being such a huge topic in the past few years and then having just oh congratulations thank you so much to our immigrant doctors but those the face of the act i don't know it was a bit you know what i'm trying to say then Ahmad, yeah, the video of Ahmad came out and then exactly joe it's just it was a lot i feel like it was just it piling, was piling, on, piling, on, piling on piling on piling on yeah no i think it's interesting because also we, it, corona started around black you know, black people can't get corona. I think we're the ones that yes, probably yes. we're probably <laughs> the ones that made that rumor. <laughs> so that, that, that was like the to- total um, opposite of what's going on. I think in in terms of race, like you know, in the hospital, I work in a hospital in East London, and 
I, I guess I love it just because like on my ward, the nurses are all Nigerian, Ghanaian, Jamaican, Indian. It's like united that so from so many different places. And when I even say Nigerian, I'm saying like, like, they have their proper Nigerian accents and just feels yeah. like home for me. So do you understand? Yeah, so there, there's so many, you look around and we're just so many black people, so many brown people, so many people from different environments that work here. Again, maybe we play into the stereotype because you have lots of people that are the porters and that, mm. you know, are the awesome or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But they work really hard because there's nothing that runs that hospital without the porters, without the nurses, without, you know, the mm. doctor, you know, all of that. So I think, yes, things were building up from the beginning of this pandemic and you, you know people actually have time now to to focus on key issues and be like we're not having this happen yeah. what's going because these are news these are things that we may have also avoid we may have not been aware of you know the testing of you know in, in france or yeah the, you know was in test we may have just like because we're not at home or whatever mm. you, may, you have you have missed that in the news so yeah i so when it came to everything going on around george floor um all everything going around in the world with America, mm. I felt so. I think what's made me go a bit crazy, I think in general, it made me very upset. I couldn't even properly watch the videos because I'm like, no, I am I actually couldn't. tired of this. Yeah. Black people, I'm actually, I'm actually, it's it's exhausting. It's really yeah. tiring. You know what's going on. But what made me even sadder was when I got into hospitals. So I had, mm. I was on call that week, so that's twelve, thirteen hour shifts through the week, and I was like. Nobody's talking about this. Literally, not oh one word. Gosh, sis. Like we're literally surrounded by, as in, I'm here. Like, are you serious? Yeah. No one is talking about this. There's there are huge protests happening in the UK now. Protests happening in Netherlands. Protests. If you're not talking about America, protests happening in Europe about mm. a serious situation about things about racial injustice right now. Yeah. And we're not saying anything about it. And. It made me feel very, you know, the fact, the Monday when I went, I felt a bit like, I just felt a bit like tired. I'm not going to say anything like this yeah. is ridiculous. And I think the more no one said anything, the more it made me a bit like, so I was like, you know, I'll bring yeah. it up. My consultant then spoke about it. And then maybe the other girls in my team spoke about it. So I was like, okay, fair enough. And then later that day, I wouldn't go into it too much, but like a some, a colleague made almost like a racial a comment I was very mm. not very comfortable with about a patient's dreadlock, like the yeah. dreadlock someone had, which I thought was very irrelevant to what we were doing mm. in the handover, and also was very incorrect, you know, about yeah. the dreadlocks being dirty and things like that. And that, in normal circumstances, you could also almost hide yourself. I think sometimes you don't want to be the person that talks too much or, yeah. you know, you may just yeah. be quiet. But I literally, in this situation, I was like, I am not standing for this. You need to be careful as doctors, as health mm. professionals, as humans, those subconscious biases. Because my issue with yeah. England is that I think people feel like, I don't say the N word. I love black people. I have black yeah. friends. I am not. But you need to understand how, what biases, what mm. subconscious biases, why you cross over when you see a black guy yeah, wearing yeah, yeah. a hoodie, even if it's a designer one and it's not hood, <laughs> you know, it's not what you think is hood, hood like whatever. Yeah. But you need, to be able, you need to actually address those issues. And until I was able to like, almost call someone out and have an open conversation, I was like, you know what? It's okay to say. I don't. First of all, I don't know why people are afraid of saying black. Stop calling. You don't yeah, have to just say African black. Caribbean. I'm not even African Caribbean. I'm Af I'm African. I'm Nigerian. I'm not yeah. from the Caribbean. You know all this. Like everyone cannot just say Dancing black. That's because once you can say the yeah, stop. Once you can say black then mm. maybe you can also speak about black issues maybe you can yeah. also speak about issues that affect me yeah. and i think i had to sit down and also like almost you know he start, the person started the conversation but it's like you can almost like break then i can i can lend myself to like understand to 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 make you kind of see where i'm coming from or to mm. just speak my mind and whether you see it or not you need to understand that this is real and this is the reality yeah. Absolutely. so so i think what's what really got to me was kind of like the fact that we were working in the NHS where the most affected were the people dying the most with mm. Corona yeah. and the healthcare system. And for you to not address this at all, for it to not be a topic of conversation, for it to be playing on the news while we line up for lunch, but no one say anything mm. really made me feel, it really made me feel angry. I was already almost yeah. weak from social media, but it made me feel like just a bit like, you know, there needs to be a change. Yeah. Um, 
but then I was able to like then reach out and I was like, I'm not going to keep quiet this time. I'm just going to reach out and make sure that the hospital kind of sits up. And they had put a statement out, but I was like, that's not enough. We need to actually make some um, lasting changes and rec- mm-hmm. recognize the issues that even exist within the hospital and with yeah. patients. Like I've seen, I mean, we've experienced, I've, ex- I've seen and experienced racism through medical school. And now when you just, just random little things where they call you nurse or doctor instead of doctor and this instead of that, you know? Yeah. So it's, yeah, it was very eye-opening. And again, I think it's another, it was another period where a lot of people had to take that break in terms of mental. It was because mm, I get it a absolutely. lot. It weighs very heavy. Very, very heavy. Like, I felt so tired. I'm like, I'm going to work. I'm exhausted. I'm get, mm. getting on my phone. Every time I get on my phone, I'm like, oh, I get triggered again. Like, what's yeah, going on? Why yeah. do this? You know, all of that. So it's, it's good again to just know when to step back and yeah, take a break, reboot yourself and then you can mm. come up and actually make a, a, a difference and make a stand yeah. on something you know yeah I agree with you I think it's funny because I felt like in all the conversations about race people were saying things like oh you know we understand that it's not a comfortable conversation we understand that you know it can be awkward to talk about things and I'm like but what is this kind of fan like it's almost as if there's this romanticizing comfortability like as if yeah. anything any any change happens in comfortable places like it's almost like okay you're uncomfortable but what is the big deal in being uncomfortable and you know what i've never felt a reason yeah and i've never felt more comfortable in the most awkward or supposedly uncomfortable conversation i should have had you know with someone i think no matter how uncomfortable something is it's important that once you believe in something and you you know what is right we have Mm. to talk about it if not there will be no change so we have to step out of that you know trying to be you know trying to be what is deemed as normal or not Mm. or you know just we just have to say what we need to say whether you're comfortable about it or not and i think that's something that would come with even just pushing a little bit starting with it talking with someone talking with a friend it's mm. not saying just go straight away and start you know shouting you can start on little because yeah. i think people want how to express themselves but you express yourself in something in a way that suits you so people yeah. can go speak on, you know and they can be the people protesting and talking on the mm. microphones and that may not be you you may just be yeah. someone literally on on whatsapp educating your friends through there or finding your you know just do your own part in whatever way you can but i feel like sometimes there's a lot of pressure for everyone to do one thing you know yeah yeah when you feel comfortable doing it the way you want to do it then those conversations will be will not be as uncomfortable as you think they won't be as Mm. awkward because it's how you know how um comfortable you feel in what you're doing yeah that's so good because it's not i feel like sometimes as well you need to give yourself time to process things like I feel like after um George Floyd died I felt like it was because I feel like there was a point at the beginning of I guess the Black Lives Matter movement I think where it was really where it really picked up I think in 2014 I feel like there was a point that I closed my heart because I was like there's only so much that a person can take and I think it was Mm -hmm. after Tamar Rice died and i'm like this 12 year old boy the police arrived what in 36 seconds he's he's dead and i felt like after that i just couldn't like everything about sand i just couldn't take it anymore and i felt like when amar died i when we saw the video rather because he passed a long time before um or rather he was killed a long time before the video came out i felt like i don't I posted about it and I allowed, I actually opened my heart for the first time very long time to just go back into that place again. And -hmm. I feel like when George died, it was like, this is a bit, it's like the straw that broke the camel's back. And I like that you, you spoke about it because I think racism isn't a black person's problem. It's all our problem. And if it's, if it's always going to be a black person's problem, we're going to be here forever. Yeah. There's not going to be, there's no change. It's everyone's problem. You know, it's, for, for racism is not just oh it's a black person or it's whoever is affected by it in that moment it's everyone's mm. problem and i think that's why no matter how awkward you think conversations are there are also people that are willing to open up mm. their hearts and listen and so yeah. just have a conversation and just try and be as comfortable as you can in whatever way is comfortable for you yeah I think. okay so working in the medical field and I've been seeing, mm-hmm. I saw a video this morning, I don't know if you saw it, but this lady on the BBC talking about, she's a midwife. 
and about how she went to deliver a baby the lady mm. was in labor and then she came in she introduced herself and she turned around to just get a few things and then the husband was like we've tried to get away from people like you so we don't want your black hand delivering our baby oh my oh my god and i just thought this is like your wife is in labor i don't like who even knew that you had time for this sort of behavior and like um, i think that is (laughs) i think that is just ridiculous but you know what you have no idea people that have those type of views you know that is ridiculous i'm here to you know to um help you to make sure your child is safe to make sure you're safe and what worries you is my black hands what's so what's bad about my black hands as in honestly they are so bad they've been trained they've gone to like i think you know in situations like this it makes you really sad because you then realize how many times it it happened how many times this happens like my Mm. friends from medical school even before all of this was happening before corona started in february and january we've had two incidences where she's had to report someone for being racist oh my gosh okay so i'm like until you start bringing out figures of people that feel bullied and harassed and by patients Mm. you know by by patients and And by this is in the uk this is in the uk until you start seeing the figures gosh i wish i had them i had the figures with me you would be like wow it exists and and it's really sad because the last thing you need you do when you come into work you sacrifice your you know all your sacrifice yes studying to help make people feel better and for mm. you to almost get a slap in the face like that is is really like but not at the end of the day also is not all patients are like that yeah but it's really sad when you hear stories like that because all she's doing is her job and all she's trying yeah. to do is make sure that you have a safe delivery um, yeah but that's why it's important that we address those people you know now that they're people you know you're calling people out it's important that you do that because people I just because they'll yeah. tell you they're not they, some people will tell you that oh i'm not racist that's just my preference but um, that's not good enough i think it's also people's understanding of racism like when people are like i'm not racist i think one of the things we should we should do is just say what would you say is a racist and i think that's a great place to start with someone yeah. because it's it's not because I also feel like sometimes it's not always different situations, different people need different approaches. So there's some people, there's some friends that I have and they're like, Oh, like one of my friends was telling me, he was like, I don't think that I'm, I'm actively racist. I'm like, so do you think you're passively racist? And he was like, I don't know. And then I was, and then I pointed out a couple of things that have happened before. And I explained why you might feel that way. Mm. And it's almost like, I know it's a hard time for people who genuinely want to listen. It's a hard time for them now because they, they're battling between making it better. They're battling between guilt and feeling a bit ashamed that they've even thought or behaved in certain ways. But mm. that's okay. It's The whole goal of this is unity. The whole goal is reconciliation. So exactly, that's yeah. fine. You have to journey. You have to journey through it. Um, but let's not discourage people too much from, <laughs> exactly. from, um, from stepping out. Um, before we round up, because probably as you heard, my timer has gone. Yeah. <laughs> um, so studying medicine is very big in Nigeria and in a lot of, I think a lot of different cultures, like being mm-hmm. a doctor is what people want their kids to, to be. What, what would you, what would be your advice? What should um, people do before they jump into this? The thing is, the thing with medicine, I think it's always that thing where, yes, parents, no matter, I think it's a almost... Actually, I think it's a black, Asian, white thing. Everybody's yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> my doctor, it's, it's, it's actually a universal thing. But yeah. really, really, before you do medicine, it's important that you want to do medicine. Mm. I, I don't know how to make that yeah. more clear. Like, I know there are pressures from parents and pressures from this and pressures from whatever. It's mm. so important for you to actually want to do it because it's not an easy process at all. You do six years of yeah. medical school, come here you have two years of intense working you have another five years of apart from wow. the time it spends it's a lot of emotions that you have in there it's a lot of you know you're you're just being you you're mm-hmm. there's only so much separating you can't be a doctor and then joyce you know your your yeah. joyce is is incorporated into being a doctor so oh, wow. i think you just I need know. to make sure that you want to do it don't let anyone put any pressure on you because you will look for someone to blame when you get stressful and i feel like yeah 
my parents thank their Jesus every day that they didn't say, do this thing. I don't know who yeah. put it in my head. I'm sure someone put it somewhere because I cannot <laughs> remember how I decided I wanted to do medicine. All I know is that I've been saying, I want to be a doctor. I want, cause I think I like my oh. pediatrician so much. Dr. Oji, I loved her growing up. Um, oh my gosh. And dolphin. Dolphin. Yes. It was mine as well. <laughs> oh my God. I, I, like I used to say I was sick just to go and see her. I don't know why. So I, I did that I too. Did. <laughs> so from her like it's your fault like she's put this in my head where I was like I want to do it and when I was applying for medicine I was I remember being super stressed and tired and not sure what I was going to do and I was almost asking my I was like I remember asking my mom clearly I was like mom do you think I should do medicine like what do you think I should do and if I don't what do you what else do you think I should do if I don't choose medicine what other science and she was like Joy I'm so sorry I'm not making a decision for you I am actually not making a decision (laughs) And you know what? If she did, it would have been perfect because I'd have been like, Mommy, it's your fault. <laughs> Why like, you know, it's stressful. It's your fault. So, yeah. So, I think do medicine because you want to do it. It's a yeah. very important rule. I mean, my perception of medicine on my, you know, what I've realized in terms of like just career is I think my passion is healthcare and medicine is a part of that. So, in future, what I'd like to do is mix being a doctor with doing something else within healthcare, whether it's public. I feel like my, my passion is within like Nigeria, developing countries, yeah. that type of thing. So it's trying, trying to mix being a doctor with business and innovation. Consultancy. And consultancy. I did a, I did a work experience in health consultancy. So I kind of feel like even after your six years, even after this whole thing, I, there's still so much I can do with it. You know, sometimes yeah. like you almost like panic. I think no matter what career you're in, you panic, like what's the next step? What should I do? How should I prepare myself? Actually, I'm taking it one step at a time within medicine now. And then we'll see, we'll see where I end up in terms of like incorporating it all. I think I just want to do too much. (laughs) But yeah, but right now I'll just focus on being a baby doctor and enjoy that process. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for taking us along on the journey. It's oh, so insightful. <laughs> it feels, it almost feels like you, it does feel like a personal diary. You're reading into it and yeah. it's, it's, it's really great. So good on you for stepping out like that. No, thank you so much. Like, I think this is probably the first time I've probably like said everything. And you know what, actually having something like this, you will never, I can never forget those feelings and yeah. those like, Experiences. And I think I would even advise anyone doesn't have to be on Instagram. I think this is actually almost a healthy way of using social media to just yeah, like organize right. your thoughts. But like, I think journaling and writing down, I may not be an everyday person, but I found myself in situations where I just feel like, oh, that's something I would like to talk about. I'll just kind of put it down there. So I think, you know, if yeah. you're looking for a way to express yourself and put things out, consider journaling, consider a creative way, anything that works for you. Mm-hmm. Just just do it, you know, but take care of your, like yourself through it all now. Great. Thank you. It was so great to have you. Thank you. So great to have you guys make sure that you go on her Instagram page is called signed dot Dr. J. So mm-hmm. you can catch up, get the backstory of everything that we've been talking about. <laughs> and yeah, I'm really enjoyed having you here. It's been such a good chat. It's been amazing. I'm so proud of you, Tyra. I'm literally so proud. I can't uh, wait. I can't wait to hear all the other podcasts as well. Oh my god! Once, once I press stop and record, I'll tell you one of the other ones coming out soon as well. Thank you, perfect. <laughs> <laughs>